Hi, this is Matt Miller reminding you to rate and review Militant Affection on iTunes or whatever you listen to it on. So just remember to give it a rating and a review. Here's the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Militant Affection. I am Matt Miller, and I am here with my good friend, Zach Katz. Hi, Matthew. And we're sitting on his couch in his house. As you can tell, it's very clean. It's really hot in here. It's really hot. This is actually not as hot as my apartment. That's hard to believe, though. Yeah. What You check the temperature. It's uh, 29.3 centigrade. Damn. Not a joke. I get a lot of international people, so 29.3 centigrade. Yeah. It's like That's 80 Fahrenheit. Dang. Well, it is a little hot. A little warm. A little warm. You put on pants for this, shorts? Yeah. I, I just barely different than what you were wearing before. But they're socially acceptable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just about what society says. The, don't worry. Nobody watches the video. Only like a certain percentage <laughs> watch it. You can be how you be. They have it like in the background while they're yeah, while they're doing, doing something else. They they look back and like, who are these two white fucks doing? Yeah, and we're just sitting here discussing things. It's in the morning, and this is I think this is the earliest one, if I'm being honest. Wow, ten. I I, I do have to protest. I was told I was not white. Who? What are you? A, a Jewish. Oh, Jewish isn't white. That's what. Uh, 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 what's her name? Kenise Mobley told me. Really? Yeah. Another comedian told you Jewish isn't white. Yeah. But the thing is, you can't tell if someone's Jewish all the time. Yeah, you can. How? By my uh, scheme to dominate the world. <laughs> I mean, that is a classic Jewish trait. <laughs> to, uh, your scheme to dominate the world. Yeah. And then I keep lending people money. It's yeah. A, well, a Jews, but Jews want interest. You haven't asked me for interest. No, because I'm not interested. Uh, okay. I mean, but you can convert to Judaism. Someone can. Yeah. Well, you just have to start plotting. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you have to, it's sort of be hard to become a Jew, right? So I don't, you, I don't know how it works. You have to, it is a certain amount of plotting. So you do have to become Jew-like <laughs> to become a Jew, I think. Yeah. I, I had a girlfriend who uh, wanted to become Jewish. And I tried to convince her that you, it was you could do that by having enough sex with a Jew. Oh, and did it work? <laughs> <laughs> we tried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty hard. She starts. She's like, oh, she starts practicing <laughs> Judaism. All of a sudden, yeah, just wakes up. She wakes up with the what is it? The Torah? I don't <laughs> yeah, even know wrapped around her. Yeah, it's it a Torah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've never been to a temple. Despite my Jewish history. They're um, pretty boring. Really? I think so. Temple's a fun name, though, if you're going to name your Jewish institution or your facility. After, like, a body part? Like, a very obscure... A temple? It's really more like a region than a body part. Uh, yes. I was just thinking temple sounded cool. I wasn't thinking body part, but... Well, like, like, just because it rhymes with bempel. Bempel, sample. Mempel. Ample. Uh, fee fi fo fample. Yeah, the classic, the yeah. classic rhyme to temple. Yeah, that's why it's in a lot of raps. Yeah, yeah, they're like, yo, 
I'm in the temple. <laughs> Fee fi fo fample. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh God, this is Isn't just that like good. Well, we can phone. talk more about Judaism. Yeah, I'm back on my phone here. I'm, I'm addicted to looking at it, which is a problem. Yeah. And I don't even have the most up to date phone. I just have this thing. I like that little rectangle. This rectangle I live in. I was made fun of by kids once for having a bad phone. When I had child interns, they were middle schoolers. Back when I had an even littler phone, they're like, "What is your phone?" I'm like, I don't "They know. didn't. They didn't respect you for your." I had like this shitty old track phone that I was using, and they were making fun of me. I uh, I, I told you the other day. I, I respect the, the cheapness of your phone relative to the niceness of your audio equipment. I mean, yeah, I'll tell you, like, is, is this stuff is more worthy than that stuff? That's th- that's that's that easy. Yeah, it's just that easy. Yeah, yeah, it is that easy. I, I like that the podcasting comes down to the medium where it's the least professional, but most intimate. Intimate. Yeah, Isn't you can't be intimate and professional. I think. Actually, as as a as a podcast aficionado, what what is it? What makes these things so appealing? I, I, I think people gradually are not social and they want to hear people have conversations with one another. <laughs> it's just about being a part of yeah, they human want a, connection. Yeah, yeah, because no one's because we're all living. I mean, I think I mean I guess it's lots of range of ages listen to podcasts, but this type of podcast where it's just conversating is for people that lack social connection. Connection. I think I, I think that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, it's like when you, you leave the dog home alone, you just leave the radio playing. Yeah. Because it feels like there's a pack of dogs in the other room then. Yeah, he's just sitting there barking. <laughs> so for those of you out there barking, uh, relax. Be assured you're safe and we love you. Yeah, because there's, there's, there's informational podcasts that are just like news kind of. Mm-hmm. And then there's, yeah, just two people talking Podcast. About things, podcasts, which is for, yeah. You know how, like, if someone's having an interesting conversation somewhere and you're sitting there alone and maybe you start listening to it? It's like that, except we want you to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, like when you're overhearing someone in a cafe? Yeah. I, was, I just got thinking how, how fun it would be to record people's pillow talk. Oh, yeah. Like a podcast. That would be pretty good. Like, right after people have sex. Dude, just I've kinda... been wanting to do it. I've been, like, destroying. But the audience <laughs> that was in front of me... <laughs> Was someone who I just slept with, so whatever I was saying was killing. It's really that's the. I haven't had pillow talk for a while. They just I leave, they leave. You just in there in the first place. Cement slab. You just have (laughs) cold. (laughs) Right. I have floor talk. (laughs) Similar. I leave, they leave. Pillow talk. That's like one of the top talks. If we were to rank talks, it's the nicest. It's one I of think. the nicest. Well, because it, 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 it's, <clears throat> I can't even talk. Ah. <clears throat> Woo! Yeah, a little watery water there. It's it's uh it's lack of yeah. You're for a brief period of time, all your problems are kind of in the haze, and you're just sitting there. It's it's got to be like the least interesting kind of talk because oh it, yeah, it's probably like dreams. You don't want to hear other people's. Well, you just, you always fall asleep. Or all, <laughs> you're like going, going, and then you just, but when both people stop, you're asleep. That's like a, I guess that's true. It's the end of conversation. The end of the day. 
But isn't that essentially just what conversation is? You just keep talking until you get to a sleep. It's sort of, yeah, pillow talk's an interesting one. If I don't know. It depends if the people were interesting. I, but I think it might just be nice to be there, like, in the bed with a couple that's just come real hard, just made, like, sticky, wet love to each other. And then you just hear them, like, <clears throat> huh. what would be... I think it would make me sad. Because you weren't there or because love mm, is a lie? Mm, no, just just because, I don't know. I feel like I shouldn't even be hearing it. It's too intimate. Yeah. Uh, and I wouldn't get it. It wouldn't make any sense. It's uh, too intimate. I don't know. Allen Ginsberg has a poem somewhere uh, based on like a... Ginsburg. An older poem about a couple on their wedding night. Yeah. And in his poem, he climbs in through their window and <laughs> into the bed with them and makes love to the husband and the wife. It's, he it's fucks them an, both? Yeah. I mean, you know, but he rolls around with them. He shares the nuptial bliss. Oh, well, that's fun. Yeah, it's one of my that's favorites. A, but What's it called? Uh, Allen Ginsberg's poem about a couple that... <laughs> <clears throat> well, that's fun. Uh, PDF free. I think PDF free. Well, I don't, you got to find it. I, I found, I think I found it one more time, but it's hard to find. Yeah. Yeah. So Zach, what is your most traumatic moment that we haven't discussed? We did another <sighs> podcast that may come out before or after this. It depends how <laughs> quick I can edit these. Um, you know, I was trying to think about this because I, I've, I've been saying this actually to like therapists and myself, uh, I read a big book about trauma mm -hmm. and the symptoms like of, that people get after like traumas. Mm -hmm. And I have all those symptoms, mm -hmm. but I can't name any single trauma that would have caused any, any specific of this. one. Yeah. I have some guesses. guesses. But I don't know if that counts. I mean, guesses is certainly a starting point. Is that a good starting point? Yeah. God. Well, I think is I it might. A mustache I... with uh, blue eyes and. <laughs> Mr. Potato Head. You want, you want, yeah. You want, you want to try this one? Yeah. This is good. Okay. So when I was a teenager, I, you know, do you know like Big Brother, Big Sister? Yep. So, okay. So like last time I told you, my dad died when I was like 12. Mm -hmm. So they matched me up with this, this, you know. In case that happens after you learn about his dad dying, we go on. Yeah. Sorry. Spoiler alert. Yeah. It's been it dead. It could happen before though. It's been like 30 years. You, you oh yeah. Your dad yeah. died a while ago. Yeah. Um, Anyhow, so he died, uh, and they hooked me up with this guy who was kind of very weird and, like, laughed inappropriately. <clears throat> but as far as I know, never actually molested me. But then about 15 years went by, and he got arrested for possession of uh, child pornography. Oh, shit. It was all teenage boys. Whoa. Yeah, he went to jail for Wait, five what do you do with you? Well, that's the... So, okay, so do you want to... This is really weird. Yeah, I don't. I this is stuff I don't say to like therapists because it's too crazy. Yeah, you can tell it to me though. I'm gonna tell it to no you. No one else is gonna hear. Whoever the fuck might listen to this. Yeah. Um. So because because this guy used to make weird jokes. Like when he he told me this pedophile joke. You know what these are like? He's like, you know what they say? Uh, tw uh, what is it? Twelve is too old. Twelve will get you five, but eight will get you twenty. Oh, okay. Which is like a joke about. I guess it's a pedophilia joke <laughs> <laughs> about going to jail. I don't. I don't think that's true. That joke. No. I think they they're, they're similar jail time. 
No, I think you probably would be punished more severely for a more younger person. Yeah, though. but I would think that they both should be of a high punishment. Five doesn't seem like a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know in our punitive society. I think I think we're we put people in jail for too long. That's I think pretty much everybody, even the violent people. I know it's not a jail for too long. Much too long. How long should a murderer be in jail for? Well, look, like think about how much your life gets fucked up when you, like, for instance, have a cold for two weeks, right? Not me. <laughs> you can't like you, you, you can't work. You can't take care of your family. You're shunned by everyone you know. Like a month in jail is an incredibly severe and horrible thing to do to a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if, if and it doesn't fix them. Doesn't fix them. It doesn't really fix society. Uh, it helps private jail. Yeah, it costs. People. I think it's what is it, fifty thousand dollars a year to incarcerate somebody? Five thousand dollars a month? Damn. Yeah, it'd be cheaper to put. For most prisoners, it'd be cheaper to put them in a hotel room. Like a, a cheap nice hotel one. room. No, a nice. I mean, four thousand dollars a month. What is that? Like a hundred twenty a day? Yeah, that's not a nice. It depends which. If you're not in a city, if you're in like a town, you're yeah. not putting them in a Manhattan hotel. Yeah, you're yeah, putting yeah. them in like a. <laughs> In like the Ozarks. All right. Yeah. <laughs> For some reason, I only think of the, my immediate surroundings, even though we are not in New York. You we are in Boston. Still, yeah. still it'd be too much money. Like a three-star Motel 8 <laughs> with like a clean swimming pool and a breakfast buffet. Yeah. But then what are they learning? What are they learning? That's, that's the whole point. This prison is not about learning. Do you, do you know this? Right before the Nixon administration. So I've heard of it. LBJ is leaving. And they're like, what if we start like pushing like education programs and like uh, all these kind of like social programs to help people who are really poor, mm-hmm. poverty reduction programs. And they were working really well and the crime rate was dropping like crazy. And then Nixon came in and decided he was, and this is very shaky history, but it's true, decided that they just started arresting people. So they pushed like lots of money into the criminal system and pulled all the money out of these programs that were very effective. And incarcerated largely, mostly, uh, predominantly black people and like tripled or quadrupled or quintupled or prison population. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's, it's well, very I mean, that's that stat that we like in prison, whatever percent of the world compared to the rest of the world, like 75% of the world's prisoners and where what's 300 million to 7 billion, whatever percentage of the world. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like a teeny, teeny little sliver, like a 10th or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, like uh, this guy, I mean, this guy, he got in the papers. Uh, he lost his job as a doctor. Um, he lost everything. And he went to jail. The pedophile? For, yeah, yeah. Well, you don't remember anything years. other than that joke that he did to you. Well, okay, so here's here's the really weird part. He, there was two things. I, I, I would sleep over his house. Nice. And in the morning, he would be really weird and nervous <laughs> about making me take a shower. Oh, he was like, really? Like, no, you got to take a shower. You got to take a shower. And then he'd like go in and like set up the shower. And then I'd go in and take a shower. And it was like this very weird thing. Like, so I don't know for sure, but I think he might have been filming me. Oh, what was that called? A voyeur situation, but uh, like a hole to look through. Yeah, like a little people. Well, I think he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Then he'd ask me little questions like, do you do you like to pee in the shower? And. You know, like, that's definitely weird. It's really weird. It yeah. gets weirder. <clears throat> okay. You know, right? Cause this is my conspiracy theory about what may or may not have happened. Um, he used to, I don't remember how this came up, but he would joke about like this drug that you could like, you know, like knock people unconscious with. 
like uh, GHB. Yeah, or, but I think it was more like a gas. I mean, he, was, he was a doctor, so he had yeah. like access to all the stuff, you know. Yeah, and he knew what he was doing. I guess some uh, people don't think pedophiles can be functioning members of society, but they can become doctors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and even pediatric pediatricians. Yeah, and get right in there. Uh, but no, I think he might have used to drug me in my sleep, or drug me before my sleep. That's my. I I have this like weird memory of him coming into the room one night and being like, "What? You're not supposed to be awake." And like, oh just, well, that's definitely sketchy. It was super. It's just. It was just super weird and sketchy for a long time. I don't Wait, know. Why did you stay with this guy? <sighs> um, <laughs> I don't know. I think he was. It was. It was his idea. <laughs> so it's like Big Brother, Big Sister. Oh, Big Brother, Big Sister. Right, okay, takes that was the you initial out. one. We'd, yeah. go, we'd go like play racquetball. Yeah, and then we'd yeah, go to the yeah, showers. Yeah, yeah. We'd go, okay. Uh, we'd go to dinner. We'd watch you'd movies. We'd go to showers. Yeah, yeah. We'd talk. I think he was supposed to be mentoring. And mm. It really just warped me. Huh. But that doesn't count as a trauma. I mean, that's. I mean, that could be a a, a hidden trauma, a blacked out trauma. Yeah. But does Excuse that me, does that work? It's all fucked up. I mean, there's no real work. <laughs> that doesn't work for this. That's interesting. I mean, I, doesn't trauma have to leave like a scar? But do you think idea? like so? He was a pediatrician for all those years. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he was found to have child porn. Yeah, a lot. Now, of do it. you think the monster made the man? <laughs> <laughs> what do I think his motivations were? <laughs> Do you think you're just around so many kids that all the time touching them that you eventually just gain an attraction? No, I think I think it probably. <laughs> no, I don't think that's what happens either. All those sweet, sweet uh, young children. No, it's just it's a, it's uh, it's definitely uh, you know disappointing for someone to become a pedophile. They have so much, you have so much uh, capability in your life, and if you're a pedophile, all that goes to waste. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. Is it a life choice or is it a thing that happens? Well, that's, like, well I'm saying it's a thing that happens. Yeah, I think I think your sexual preferences it's are sort like, of like if you were like you could be the best at something, but then you're given a handicap, and now you never will be. You don't think you can be the best and and have weird? Deviancy? You can't be the best at. I mean, you can't be a pedophile, <laughs> right? Yeah. No, you can't. Well, you can't be a practicing pedophile. Yeah. I think there's a big difference between... But then you could argue that maybe they became successful because they have to fight their demons every day and they had to force themselves to do something. Yeah, and maybe... Like 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 uh, gay senators who vote against... Uh, yeah, that's always the go-to. And then everyone's like, oh, they must be gay. And I'm like... I, tr I always do the opposite of what the major opinion is. And I'm like, they're probably not gay. They probably just hate gay guys. Yeah. <laughs> 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 But I mean, some yeah. I mean, whenever someone says someone's clearly gay and they have a flamboyant voice, I'm like, I feel like that's homophobic, right? I thought homophobia was the fear of being gay oneself, as opposed to the fear of gay people. I mean, I think it gets used interchangeably, but you're probably right like in terms of the word meaning for bigotry or whatever. Yeah, prejudiced against gay people. But just because somebody has a flamboyant voice doesn't make them gay. Is all I'm saying. Well, we, we associate, a, uh, historically at least, in like the 80s or whatever, like effeminacy with, with gayness. Yeah. That's all it is. 
But can't a regular man just have an effeminate voice? A regular man, a straight man. I mean, A Rod was announcing the Sox Yankees game last night. He's kind of real, kind of like a high. Yeah, but A Rod's kind of gay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who knows? I don't know. But uh, where are we going? But with yeah, this they map? do say that. They say yeah, the guys that vote against it are secretly gay. Which is, uh, I mean, which would make sense in voting practices because people vote against their best interests. Well, it just comes out every, like, few months or something. I no, guess if you're no. playing the lie, you just really, you really... I don't pay attention. Hug on to it, you know? Yeah, you really hug... Well, that's kind of sad. Yeah. But, I mean, to all these points, it means you can have a lot of shit inside of you and still be very successful. So people say that trauma fucks up their careers are just wrong. Because look at all these people that are living such dark lives inside that are becoming so successful. Oh, yeah. So what I'm saying is, if something dark happens to you, it's not a setback. It's a propel forward. (laughs) (laughs) Is this the deep-seated purpose of militant affection? (laughs) Yes. All of this trauma has made us better. Has made us better. I, no, I'm trying to get into, uh, I'm trying to be controversial in saying that women that complain about sexual harassment don't realize that sexual harassment it's making actually them stronger. helps their career. Right, and racism too, right? Because <laughs> so does racism, yes. By battling through all that. This is also a comedy podcast. Forged in, case you in the fire. That. Oh, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that's actually one of the... So I try to say the things that I think are funny, and then you can take it seriously if you want, but I, it's not my, up to me. <laughs> it's not up to me. Wow. Did you have another story you had in the bank there? More like trauma stories? Yeah. I, I'm trying just, to say uh, like... Maybe you got, a, you got a little bit of a bruise once. <laughs> I got a bruise. Uh, the big thing in my... Everybody just kept dying really fast. Yeah. That's, that's my big... Yeah. I've been the, the oldest man in my family since I was about 15. Like the whole family tree. Oh, shit. Yeah. Really? And I started out with like an uncle and like two granddads and a father and... God. The oldest... Yeah. Feller, which is uh, I don't know. It's not really, it's not really me, patriarch. Ah, damn. Yeah, I know. That's interesting. I'd never thought about that. That's I guess my dad's the oldest feller. Yeah. Yeah. So you lead your family? No. I don't know what leading family is. How do you lead a family? You know, you kind of like you're like we should see this movie. Oh yeah. Or uh, I mean, I sometimes get propositioned in that, and I'm like, I don't know. You just pick a movie. Yeah, be, dadding is as a. I am a father as well. You're a father. Dadding's real easy. It's easy. It's easy. It's easy. I like this take because because everybody, uh, you just want to be the, the thing. People just want to be near a father and mm-hmm. feel approved of. That's it. That's I just all they be want. Near dads all day. Yeah, it just feels safe. Curl up in a little ball. <laughs> Well, they want to be near a good father. I yeah. guess not a bad father. Right. So you, you're you're not abusive. And you're very approving. And that's it. That's, that's how to be a dad. Not abusive and very approving? Yeah, and honestly, you can be abusive and still get away with it. You can be accidentally abusive. Abuse yeah. is, comes in all forms. Neglect is an abuse. Don't, people who really need dads will take whatever just to get that sense of proximity. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's it. People, Daddy issues. Yeah, they just relax and they feel real good when you're firm, mm. calm. So that's daddiness. Yeah. Or is that masculineness? I don't know what masculinity is. I don't. Yeah. I don't feel very masculine. I don't really want to be that. I don't like. You don't it. want to be masculine. I look in the mirror and I think of myself as like a chick with a really masculine profile. I'm like, hey. But then you're defining masculinity. 
Well, I mean, my body is very, I think, very, rather male. Biologically male. Yeah, but I don't, I don't really identify with that at all. Oh, gender fluid. I don't know what that is. You're a big fan of fluids. They didn't, they didn't explain <laughs> gender fluid. fluids to me. And, and I didn't. The, listen, I was they didn't explain. I mean, you learn stuff as an adult, though, haven't you? <laughs> you don't just learn everything you know as a child. If you did, some people actually live life like that. Once they're done schooling, they stop learning. That's it's, fun. It's That's a fun harder. way to live. Your preconceptions, right? Yeah. Yeah, I still think like Eddie Murphy's the best comedian, and he's uh, pretty good. <laughs> And, and He's good. I use payphones a lot. These are payphones. Like, where is a payphone? They're hard to find. Yeah, really I find them, find. but they don't even work anymore. The ones I do find aren't yeah. in uh, business. What is the used to call one eight hundred collect, right? Oh yeah. And then you say your name, but you say where you are. You go, I'm at the da da da, so you don't have to pay for it. You try to say it, the whole number real fast. Well, well, no. You'd be like, you call and and you'd be like, would you like to receive a call from? Matt's ready to be picked up from school. <laughs> <laughs> so then you never have to click it. Right. It yeah, was yeah. like the text message of, yeah, of the yeah, 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 yeah. That's the old joke. I never do that. I'm too old for that shit. I'm, I mean, too young, rather. I'm too young for that. I never lived that life. You never lived that? You don't? You I just never... heard the jokes. Oh. Yeah, that's exactly how it was. No, I never, I never did anything. My parents never had to pick me up. <laughs> <laughs> I just stayed home. I went to work and I went home. I don't know. Started podcasting. I didn't get a, yeah, I got my phone in college, I guess, but I'm younger than you. But nowadays, kids have phones so young. Wow. This is this is kind of what it's like being on the phone with you. I, I'm, this just, is very similar. We just kind of trail off. Like, at this point, like, some drunk person would probably, like, bump into you, and there'd be, like, a minute pause. <laughs> and they'd be like, sorry, yeah, there's some guys trying to uh, get money from this woman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't gone out like that in a minute, though. Haven't just gone out, just gone and walked the streets. Yeah, been amongst the people. So, uh, did you start another story? Uh, there's the patriarch thing. Oh, you're the only dadding. Yeah, yeah, dadding. You're you're the oldest male. Yeah, you're the alpha male. Your family. You just you gotta you have to do it. People need it. It's like you just. It doesn't matter if you want it. It's just people will will seek it out. Now wait a second. What about in gay couples, like lesbians? What about it? Now, do they need a dad? Everybody needs approving uh, paternalistic affection. So it's not necessarily gender related. <laughs> no, no, I, I think it's, I think it's just biological. Like you just need to feel approved of. Now, would you then would a mom be the disapproving of? I don't know what moms do. It's it's different. I don't know energy. what moms do. I don't know what they do. Moms, I think moms are. I mean, I feel like in the scheme of things, people love their moms more than their dads, and vice versa. Moms love children more than their dads. Oh, clearly, yes. Yeah, dads are without like, a doubt. Dads are the shit of they the don't, shit. They don't want to look up from the TV. I think dads are just supposed to be quiet and work. <laughs> Yeah, it's because that's all you need to do to do dad most of the time. You don't really need to engage. All that talky talk. Actually, that's a Mike Berbigular joke. What is it? He's talking about, uh, I don't know, I'm not going to do the joke because I don't really know it, but it's basically the idea is like, he's like, oh, he fell in love with his wife and then they had a kid and his wife fell in love with the kid or something along the lines. But like, yeah, uh, he's the odd man out yeah. of the family. It's very weird when you have a kid, like. The kid's mother stops paying attention to you as much. You get real. Dads get jealous sometimes. Yeah, that's like a documented. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. 
is that when grooming for a mate <laughs> is is so you, uh, uh, the person who's going to be the mother in the relationship is trying to find someone that's okay with being alienated wow that's really complicated that's what you're that's what you think of that's like, what i'm getting right now they're looking for someone who can just like sit idly by while the re- the rest of the life happens yeah maybe I mean, that's, I mean, clearly you don't like someone jealous because it shows insecurity, but you want someone that also isn't going to get jealous that you've spent all the time with the, <laughs> with kid, the kid, maybe deep down inside. Right. The breadwinner, that stereotype. The breadwinner. Go out. So do- yeah, maybe we shouldn't assign masculine or feminine. It's just who's going to be the one that gets kicked to the side and who's going to be the... I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe women do this too. It's just like I teach too. And, and just, they just, they want that. They want... They, I can't explain it, Matt, but it's true. It's like sunlight to a plant. Like, Do you they think they want someone who can be emotional and someone who's secure? Um, well, going back to like the pedophilia thing, it's like a... <laughs> I mean, I'm always waiting to go back to the pedophilia thing. It's an emotional resonance, much like when you get turned on by somebody. It's kind of hard to pin down exactly what that is. Yeah. But it's like a a warmth that like a warm interplay, like with really young children, you'll see it like a, like a little baby will actually melt into you when you hold them. They'll just like completely surrender their, their themselves into you as a cuddle because they're, they're children. And when they feel safe, they just melt. And then as they get older, they get more and more traumas. Right. Yeah. And they start like holding back some of that melting and it will take more and more time. But even, you know, like five, six, seven year olds will just they'll kind of like come sit on you and just like totally give themselves over in your presence. They just completely kind of it, it's like a surrender in this very happy way. And it's just emotional resonance. And that that connection stays throughout adulthood. Like I meet adults all the time who still want that or like let it in through like little tiny channels that they want to connect and melt into someone yeah 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 yeah, absolutely but they can't you can't it's like in adult society it's kind of a shameful thing you know or or you can well it's like it's like the love of of jesus or or uh, a dictator it's a sense of surrendering to a higher power that makes you feel mm. safe and and loved um it's, yeah, that's part of why that's such a powerful force. And if you don't get that, then you feel uh, anxious and adrift. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you might be, I think probably people who are securely attached who had good parents in their childhood can kind of provide it for themselves. Like they sort of, it's just like a, you know, like mm-hmm. the force it's in the universe. Self-love. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, oh, I'm, I'm good. I'm doing the right thing. And you feel that. But yeah, that's difficult. Yeah, and everybody else is like leaning hard. Yeah, 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 yeah. Huh. <laughs> that's interesting. Hopefully. I like what you're saying. Dadding and momming. What do moms even do? I really do? don't know what moms I mean, I know what my mom mostly didn't do, but. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, not a good mom. Oh, not, not a good mom. And you're, not, you're saying this isn't noteworthy? I love her. I love my mom. Of course. That's what you got to love them. Yeah, you got to. I mean, uh, I guess you do. Oh, I'm, I'm for the uh, forgiveness bad. mindset. It, yeah, it's it's just easier for me. It's, I mean, not just because it's, I mean, 
for some people it's not easier yeah well because the whole idea is like when you when you're angry it's would you like i hate him there was so much like but it makes you sick to feel that way all the time yeah yeah yeah. it definitely fucks with you so if you just forgive then you're like all right that person's garbage but i don't care anymore i'm done with it yeah it's difficult it's hard to do it feels good it feels real good yeah oh well there you go i guess what i mean trauma i don't mean a specific event i just mean what you think is the accumulation of things just like the the because like something someone didn't do can be more traumatic than something someone did do i mean by far almost more (laughs) 100 times more than something someone did do my entire childhood i never once got acknowledged (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's then if someone were to chop off your legs well then at least to being paid attention to you know yeah and that's and you start doing deviant shit just to get that thing yeah just to get legs back okay yeah that's yeah i had a lot of trauma i don't i think yeah you're misinterpreting I mean, what is even the definition? I think it's like an, an acute incident. Like PTSD is like a, a like a thing, you know, like the car flipped over or your friend got shot or something. It's supposed to be like oh, a, you're right. a sudden a massive. distressing or disturbing. Maybe I should just ask people for what's bad stuff in your life? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a good word. Yeah, it's a fun word. Yeah. Trauma. It's just a proper trauma, I think, leaves a certain kind of emotional scar. A proper trauma. You you were properly <laughs> traumatized. Well, we got to go in deeper. Well, this is what I'm talking about. There's this thing. This guy, um, uh, Bessel Bessel van Kalk, I think is his name. He's like German or, or, or Dutch, and he talks about it's called uh, so PTSD is like the post traumatic stress disorder. But he says there's also this thing called DTD, which is like developmental trauma disorder. Yeah. And when it's like your life is just like a gradually rising sort of flood of minor traumas that don't hit the threshold. Then you get like all these horrible symptoms that basically everyone in comedy and that all the fucked up people we know have. Mm-hmm. But it's not PTSD; it's DTD. DTD. Developmental trauma. Yeah, look Damn. it up. It's. But then he kept trying to like push it through the American Psychiatric Association, and they're like, "Nope, we don't. We don't believe this is a thing." Why would they be against that? Um, I think because you can't prescribe. Mm, there's no monetary gain. <laughs> well, there, there, the, the theory is that all of these like depressions and whatever are um, organic. They're, they're basically because your brain is fucked up. Your chemicals are out of balance. But DTD is like, oh, no, you're fucked up because terrible shit happened to you over and over again. Yeah. And then they're, they're like, and we can treat that by talking about the terrible shit. And that doesn't make money for pharmacists. I think, I think that's literally all it is. But isn't that what therapy is? Is like whatever wrong connections you have in your brain you create new ones right or that's like cognitive behavioral therapy i think i don't know i don't i uh whatever pattern of thinking you were before you try to establish new way of thinking to something better so you, you thought before <laughs> so you're a person that's living your life to the fullest i have a full life a full life full of what is a full Coffee. life? I know. I was at a uh, a party and there was uh, for a friend. It was an engagement party, and the whole, his whole families were there. It was very interesting because there were babies, newborns, and then there were kids a little bit older, and then a little bit older, and there was all the relatives. And then his side of the family were like the standoffish, like aloof family that all sat under the tarp with themselves, and then the other family was the ones running around and playing with everything and eating thing. And I was like, huh, these are two completely different types of people. Huh. 
that are coming together. So it was like little kids, regular kids. Actually, there weren't really many regular kids. Adults. This is, this is like, because I'm 30, this is like people that are first having kids. So it was all little. It was all like oh, okay. babies to. Were there old people too? Yeah, old people. And yeah. then like a coffin. Just like coffin. Kind of it was really nice because like the, the grandparents, the oldest man, oldest woman were like the ones cooking and putting all the food and taking care of everyone. And I was like, this is like how I think it looks in a book. Right. Like the love kind of filters down yeah, the, yeah, the tree. Yeah. And they didn't even ask for anything. They were nonstop just trying to help us. Yeah. Just, yeah. That sounds really nice. Yeah. Yeah. That's like an actual family. Is that, is that what they're like? They were like an actual family. And you were there like a documentarian being like, this strange there life for everything. <laughs> like it was totally exotic to you. It was weird. Yeah. It seemed, but like I could tell but no, the, the different personalities. I mean, there were like, there was like this one gal that was like, she dressed like a goth chick and she didn't really talk to anyone, but she had a baby. That was her entire intention. And it was like, oh, she, that's what she wanted, I guess. Just her child. Like all her attention went through that, flowed through the child. And she never really had any connection with anyone else. Because she was just into the kid. That's all yeah, she wanted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what they do to you. Yeah. They, they make you want to pay attention to them. Well, uh, if you're good. If you're good. Otherwise. I mean, then that is it a choice, though? Do you think some people have a kid and they don't feel like they need to? It's like a tug of war. You have your personal need. Like, I had a kid when I'm 22. And yeah. so it was like, I would try to get him, like, in the crib and asleep in time that I could like get to the party still before it like was breaking up. Oh yeah. Yeah. I was like, why would not you go to fucking sleep? Like I read you the book and you won't sleep and there's a really cool party and there's like, my friends are going to be there. You know, <laughs> like you have to you so you choose like when you're old and there's nothing left in your life, it's much easier. I guess that's true. But I mean, you want to be there for the majority of your kid's life. So you got to decide before you get too old. Yeah. If you want a kid, uh, yeah, uh, oh, Matt, is this working? I'm, 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 I'm just, I'm thinking about what listen, we're doing. This is, I mean, it may be a comedy podcast. It doesn't have to always be funny. Yeah, it just has to be interesting. I'm just, I'm so much more comfortable when things are heavy. When they're heavy, yeah, things aren't heavy now. Is what you're saying? Well, they're, they're heavy. Oh, they're heavy. Yeah. The uh, at the party, we was like in, like they lived in like the woods, and we saw a hawk. And we saw bats once nighttime came around. Bats wow. came out, yeah. So it was a natural family in nature. Yeah, and there was a million mosquitoes, and that's when the bats came out. And I just haven't seen that kind of wildlife. You know, there's a lot of rabbits. <laughs> rabbits on the... <laughs> Trying to lighten the mood. <laughs> kind of wildlife. There's that kind of wildlife just about. There's people are taking pictures of the hawk. They're like, look how gorgeous it is. I'm like, I know. Yeah, I, I saw guess. some flies. Yeah, some flies. They got <laughs> mosquito bites. Fruit flies. That's a different type of fly. And I wasn't the most dressed down, even though I was pretty dressed down. You wore a t-shirt to this thing. Yeah. yeah. But the groom wore a t-shirt and shorts. Yeah. You were you a button down to do comedy and a t-shirt to like a, a wedding. It wasn't a wedding, but an it was event. an engagement party. Yeah. But I feel weird saying I'm going to an engagement party because I feel, in my mind, it seems like it's a thing that people don't go to. Engagement is kind of a weird word. It's like a verb. An engagement party. We've locked onto the enemy. <laughs> Engage. <laughs> Let's have a party. Two, 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 two. I've been engaged. <laughs> two. Two, 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 two. At. What was that? Two, 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 two. The phasers. Yeah, yeah. The, the star, I think it's a Star Wars style. 
Uh, two, 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 two. Yeah, I know what you're saying. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Zach, I got to leave pretty soon. All right. Well, I'd love to keep going with this. It's always fun talking I think we barely scratched the surface. Such a joy. But, uh, I'll try to scrape up some new traumas for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm all about just the talks. Yeah. Just the talking. The talky walk. Yeah. Yeah. Would nice. you like to say anything else? I uh, know. I just uh, uh, listened to Militant Affection. It's, oh, yeah. it's, it's kind of a masterpiece. It's, it's probably top three right now. Top three. In what list? I don't know. <laughs> In a list. Top three uh, things you're doing with your life. Top three things I've done. I've been consistent, and consistent is something noteworthy, yeah. I guess. We've done 40 minutes. Wow. So All right, we got to go. We got to get out of here. All I got to right. go take a bus, and hopefully it doesn't break down. Sounds sounds good. Uh, nice seeing you, Matt. Come back yeah. to Boston soon. I'll be here shortly. Awesome. Thanks, Zach. Uh, this has been Militant Infection. I'm Matt Miller, at Matt Miller Real on everything Matt Miller Comedy on YouTube. Thank you. Bye. Militant affection.